0: Hello! Oh my goodness, we have arrived. Welcome to Centered Subject, the Welcome. Labor Edition, in which we work hard to connect from one coast to another. That's right. We did just work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel exhausted. I do too. Before starting to say
1: anything, <laughs> but really physically, I I only use my thumbs a lot, and that was enough.
0: That was enough your eyebrows were moving a lot well. That's true
1: i got fatigued i really fatigued in my eyebrows and thumbs and i'm filing a complaint
0: thank but, you very much you know it seems that we're not alone in struggle with the machine the machine yeah not
1: to minimize all all labor struggles which are quite maximal course
0: no no never never will we minimize the struggles of the workers well the picking of workers um the reason we're here today in our respective places and our respective bodies is because may day is coming up just around the corner obviously the international holiday of the working people is that not right i believe
1: so i don't know much about it boy I've only heard you talk about it.
0: I've probably talked about it in the context of remembering my childhood. And I caught the end of Soviet Union and toward the end of the 1980s. There mm-hmm. were still a lot of celebrations happening around on May 1st. There was mm-hmm. still... It really was one of the first holidays I learned about growing up. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely marked by very colorful sort of festivity. There were a lot of balloons and... Mm-hmm. It was also very communal. People would go to parades, parading with a thing. So you would just go to parade with balloons. So that's how I, the mm-hmm. really
1: so got it was really first. So so I'm thinking about this funny difference between working really hard and partying, and <laughs> um, having a party about how hard the people work. But yeah, yeah, I've seen pictures of like Soviet parades and stuff and it is true. There are very still serious post like images of workers and very heavy statues that get like partied down the street. So I don't You are
0: thinking of the early Soviet Union though. It was much less majestic, I think they were at the end, at least I don't remember it that way. And I think worse, even though they definitely were workers, I mean of course the child wasn't really aware exactly kind of how you know which workers were doing what but yeah i suppose i suppose there were um there would be some sort of flags with names of workers or the work that they do did you did you ever
1: notice this uh irony between the hard work and the partying
0: no because i didn't really appreciate hard work i think as a child and Soviet union for some reason and i think this may be i don't know if it was just something in the ether but Mm -hmm. the work because work was a priori a part of your life since it was a kind of worker state i feel like people didn't really work that hard you know Mm -hmm. because there wasn't really this kind of hierarchical structure of profit you know because of the centralized economy i feel like people Mm -hmm. would not be very efficient. They would take a lot of tea breaks. And right. they were just generally. I think there are a lot of stories when you read stories of immigration. When people say, you know, they they dissolution disillusioned with Soviet Union and they become became they would become what was known as a dissident, and so they would leave Soviet Union and they would move to the States, and suddenly they would realize that you know they, they'd wander into someone's office and they'd want to talk and drink tea together, and the person would just be shocked and right. you know appalled at their lack of work ethic. So that work was really, I feel like it was the kind of the idea of work was there, but I don't know right if work per se was that hard although my father was very devoted to work yeah um we watched a
1: documentary uh in social welfare policy and it represented uh lots of different working environments all over the world and it was amazing how i knew that people got three months off in like many countries in europe But I really didn't understand how the social policy was organized to structure people's days and like their lives in a way so that they could work as part of their life, but not as the boiled down point of their life, like the very center of their life. Mm -hmm. And you could see it in the micro expressions in the very eyebrows of the people in the shows. They just had more relaxation on their faces than I don't remember seeing on Americans unless they're very wealthy and even wealthy Americans who have a lot more leisure time like don't have this kind of look on their face it's like when you're being taken care of quote-unquote by the state mm-hmm. and they were they were very confident that they were and they had a positive relationship right. towards their government it was astounding and
0: really depressing I feel like yeah. people have a yeah, I don't know about the positive relationship. It's odd because even if when there are the sort of securities in place, people are still, I think, feel very critical. She reminds me of, a, I was in line, I was in Belarus recently, and I had to go to a doctor and I was, you know, sitting in line and my appointment, I think my appointment was like quarter till and somebody was there as well. And there's this old woman, she was maybe 80 and she was just going off in a, in a, Rage and how, how, you know, dysfunctional everything is that she comes and, you know, they're 10 minutes late. You know, she's basically, you know, everyone, everyone gets a particular time in which they're supposed to show up. And I guess the, the doctor talks a bit longer to someone. Um, it, it gets delayed. So she was really upset and they're like, well, you know, I live in the States and you have to pay so much money just to be able to go to the doctor. And then you might wait an hour, hour and a half easy, um, you know, and, and we'll cost you a lot. And she's like, what? I don't believe it. And she just wouldn't believe it. And yeah. she didn't appreciate the free healthcare. At all, she just didn't think you know it was like not efficient enough for her. So I don't know that idea of like being taken care of. And well, but maybe there. I think there's a gradient. I think there's like
1: levels that that people feel it. But I also think that the more people get care or services, the better they want it to be. And I don't think that's wrong. You know, to have that instinct. Like she probably is right. Mm -hmm. But there are lots of people who who like assess their governments and or assess different aspects of their you know, work-life balance and things and they, they feel satisfied, you know? So I don't think necessarily, that's just, you know, I don't think that everybody is just frustrated. And I'm thinking of it as an adult now who has more power and sometimes is the one making decisions for other people in a professional context. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Well, I don't know if I prefer being the decision maker or the person who's like being decided about, but, um, I have the right to you know, think about other people's time and respect time. And I, I have to choose to do that. And, um, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's really hard to be like a consistent worker and to manage your own working day mm-hmm. and also, and also really prize every single engagement, every single person that you're, mm-hmm. you know, your life is touching that you're, you know, honoring them and making sure that they see, you know, they feel seen and that they, their time is totally re- respected, even though like you might really need to go get food or, you know, or, mm-hmm. I don't know. So like in this weird mm-hmm. microcosm, I can understand how things, even well intentioned systems can break down or course, be frustrating. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's always, there's a kind of macro view and a micro view is yeah. there. So, oh, I have, view. I have
1: something that when you were talking about children, uh, children and work. Something popped Mm -hmm. into my head that was useful. Um, so in the Montessori system, uh, kids are not given structured lessons necessarily. They're, uh, they're supposed to do different projects that they're doing. But the idea that they are engaged in something that they care about working on a problem, either something that's set up in the environment for them to work on or something that they find interesting, like they have all these, You know, things where toddlers will pour glass, a glass of Mm -hmm. water into another glass. And so Mm -hmm. you call in that education system, you call anything that a child is engaged with or a person would be engaged with the work that they're doing. So it's like, isn't that great? So like
0: everything we're doing that we care about. I also don't know if that's great. I don't really like the idea. I mean, it has become the dominant idea that work is defining of your existence and the meaning of your life, but I don't think I like it. Well, I I think think it's it's, it's horrific from a young age to sort of indoctrinate them into the idea of work. It depends on great self-importance.
1: I like, no, I like it. It, What it's doing is it's putting, because you always call what students are doing their work, right? But Mm -hmm. it's, it's naming, it's naming something that a child is defining as meaningful to themselves as their work. So like Montessori, the difference between Montessori and education Is it a oh, child that be center nice
0: if we had, if we could do that in our real right. lives, if we could just find everything that we do, what we think. I think that's the ideal really, isn't it? Right. Um, but and,
1: and like personal, yeah. you know, you can sit there and say, because think about your day. I mean, we do lots of things that are quote unquote work, but we don't think of them as work and yet they're yeah. very important to us and we want to do them or need to do them. And Yeah. I, uh, have developed, uh, a great skill and talent for vacuuming. I have a passion. I have a deep passion. And, um, I don't care who knows it. And I will put it on any resume. (laughs) I will even, I will even pause it to say that if someone else wanted me to vacuum their house with a nice vacuum, that I would do it. And that's very interesting in terms of my (laughs) idea of what work is. Please come over.
0: I'm actually, (laughs) it's the third day that I I look, you know, look around in despair, promising myself to vacuum, but have yet to do so. Hopefully after this conversation, I will.
1: Yes, I, I, you know, I urge you to enjoy that satisfaction that happens after. It's because you can see something, you know, go from, go from. a mess to being clean and i love that feeling man i wish i had no, like a I, boat that i could like... have
0: vacuum cleaners again I'm sorry we're talking
1: about work <laughs> it's irrelevant it
0: comes what down is...
1: to room, by, room by every time. <laughs> i don't care it's vacuum based you know what hey just to keep going Something on this about this a good strong suck <laughs> i mean who's to say that's not the meaning of life um, i think it is <laughs> i don't like roombas for that reason too i like to
0: know why i'm damn vacuuming how dare you Go i keep wanting to return to this um, uh, to what you were saying about children and work and giving um giving that meaning to something one is doing but it mm. Uh, Reminded me of something I read the other day. Uh, There was an article about uh, the IKEA effect, which um, essentially stands for the fact that the more laborious it is for you to make something, the more you like it, and that's how and and that's how I guess people are really um, tender, and then I guess they're tender about these objects, but they're actually really shoddily made. And what an awful idea! Yet we do feel. Oh yeah. They become special to a our work, and I guess we're connected to them, but actually it's really, what an annoying idea, because then the people that make complete, you know, credences and sideboards, are Mm -hmm. not as valued. Yeah, that's a great point. Play putting planks together and feel proud of ourselves.
1: I, some part of me really likes the fact that people want to put their own furniture together badly and live with it for the rest of their lives.
0: (laughs) It's like painting my cars. It's not really making their furniture.
1: But, but I do like a really nice piece of furniture also. Um, that as a marketing strategy, I think is, is pretty dubious. I get, I think that they're geniuses that they're like, Oh, well, we don't, we don't really want to spend the money to make really nice things. And guess what? We studied that if people put it together badly themselves, then they want it more. Um, so they love it. They love it. That is so wonderful to me and disturbing. Oh man. Yeah, it is. I'm looking around for the shitty furniture that I have in my room. And do I love it? No, I don't.
0: Um, No, um, everything that
1: I can see that was made uh in the ikea model was made by someone else while i was standing mm-hmm. near, near nearby feeling insecure okay. about my ability
0: yeah but also it's interesting what's happening with like, fetishization of work right no. now yes queen children um, long no longer playing but are like i un- unboxing their toys
1: right for my na- it's true my nephews love that stuff they love the unboxing
0: they watch it on YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. Do they? Yes. Do they want to get filmed unboxing as well, or
1: no? They're, they're happy. Don't. They're
0: content with watching. They <laughs> Wanted like, to enter the stardom.
1: Really, they're really in, They're really well. One of them is really a consumer, and he loves buying stuff. And but he doesn't love the thing. He loves the buying of the thing, and he likes the unboxing part. Like he's totally into that, and so he likes watching other little boys who are just like him. But usually Australians. I don't know what his deal was with that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that are unboxing things. Yes, and then he want he whines about the thing, you know. But he's super into not into playing with the thing. He's into the process. Just the process.
0: Uh-huh. He's he's very much a acquisition mm-hmm. acquisition, or more even observing. It sounds like sort of the yeah. idea, which is right. What is considered to be how it functions in the brain when you desire it, it's a more pleasurable Mm. feeling than when you get it. Right. Um, Like having it never approximates the joy that you expect when you're desiring it.
1: I guess the internet is a little bit insipid because it knows this about us. And it knows that we want to want and we want to seek what we don't really want. And then it kind of plays with us
0: in this way, you know. And I him. wouldn't necessarily say it's the internet though, because it absolves the humans that are well, right, right making right, decisions. Right. It 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 is a sort of pre-planned. Well, they're just manipulating. That, they're manipulating that us. Yeah. Yeah, they they set things in motion, and and then the automatic, the algorithm plays out. But someone right. has set its scores human humans there it's the humans that can't stop working It's the the right. internet moguls the barons that are constantly at work That are sleeping three hours a day and not eating with it i'm obsessed with that that previously you know the ruling classes would exhibit their privilege by eating a lot and not working and now it's sort of the opposite when mm-hmm. they have to right work a lot and then the twitter person doesn't eat like he goes fasting for days right true health total, disgusting total health. well and it, it connects. But it seems a mockery of the human needs as well you know there's so many people that are really struggle with
1: well also the fact that people who are in poverty eat bad food food is expensive and you know and there's there are no grocery
0: stores food
1: deserts yeah and yeah. then those foods are manipulated manipulated by the people who make them to make them super addictive um Yeah. And, and so in a weird way, the lower classes are more, uh, I, this is like in the mind of the upper classes are sort of controlled by their bodies or by their instincts. And so high class is about not, is about, um, controlling your body to these like weird, um, you know, puritanical extremes of restricting yourself of sleep for the sake of work, restricting mm-hmm. your body of food and enjoyment and sustenance for the sake of work, which means you're upper class. Um, I mean, it really, it really works well with Puritan values. I will, I will say for sure. I mean, it, it's exactly the same. Um, though the, or those early people like they didn't really connect wealth to that very much. Um, but we've placed wealth alongside those values.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, I think, also in terms of Marxism and proletariat being the working people, when even then the work, the who works the most, has been co-opted by the ruling classes. By I don't know.
1: I don't know, because I'm also thinking about Uber drivers and, and people working. They're, they're
0: going on it- strike, Oh yeah, I read apparently yeah and and yeah. the
1: Amazon workers though who have to work not not even just like crazy hours but in human hours, you know, so it's it's totally. just I don't know, there's a weird relationship where everyone is now forced, if you are working is now forced to work beyond all human capacity. I mean, it has to do the break with the breakdown of unionization and the fact that no one is watching yes. labor, and I so agree. this is what yes. happens, yeah. It's a yeah. culture, it's like creep of this culture of of weird overworking um right. obsession addiction, capitalist drive,
0: but I think that that idea you know this performance of working in human hours that's happening in amongst the internet barons i feel mm-hmm. like that also is a kind of message to the masses or it's it's a misleading mm-hmm. message that you know if you work these many hours that you may one day ascend to my position
1: totally. but of
0: course that's not the case and also it's kind of a performance of solidarity in a way which is also of course completely not right. not not true it is not the american dream it's a
1: performance of the of a joke of the american dream Yeah. Which is almost exactly like pre pre pre-union, you know, monopoly barons from the 20s and 30s, except that they, you know, were enjoying the jazz age and being disturbingly, you know, uh, hedonistic where these people are basically in the same economic position, but they know that that doesn't track well. So they do the other way where they're just like hedonistically uh, working really hard or working their bodies or work, it's all ego though, just the same as like, you know, a crazy gold toilet is ego or like, a, you know, an insanely decadent house or party is decadent. It's like their work ethic is decadent somehow. Yes,
0: the decadent yeah. work ethic. Exactly. <laughs> bizarre. That's what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Scary. And then, you know, there's little microcosms of that in offices in, in everyone I know. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. It was like late great, you stay. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. And like
0: that looks like success. How busy your face looks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How
0: busy your face looks.
1: How busy does your face look right
0: now? Oh, it's so busy. Oh. Oh, it's, mine's
1: like glitching
0: obsessively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine is a little, mine is glowing red a little bit because I was, um, I was taken. the The joke, the joke got me thinking about all the Soviet jokes that got declassified a few Mm -hmm. years ago. Wow! And know I was was quickly The CIA released some a number of jokes some time ago, and I was trying to quickly scroll and see if I could find an appropriate joke. I I don't know if I have.
1: I need any any joke, any Soviet declassified joke. I like to see if I can understand these things. This is this
0: is where I come from. Okay, I can give you a joke about Soviet dogs. An Tractor. American dog, a Polish dog, and a Soviet dog sit together. The American dog says, in my country, if you bark long enough, you will be heard and given some meat. The Polish dog replies, what is meat? And the Soviet dog says, what is bark? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that joke. Yeah, <laughs> that is a joke. Uh, Parson, per, huh. pers- I'm thinking listeners. all. I'm thinking uh, all about that
1: joke. It's excellent.
0: Well, yeah, about- I think I don't know if you bark. You know, is it true though? I feel like, you just bark and bark and bark. But I feel, sure if you get I feel I feel, like but you get satisfaction from barking.
1: <laughs> in America, you can bark. You can bark all you want. But that doesn't mean that you get any meat.
0: Exactly. I think that isn't the delusion. Yeah. yeah,
1: But it's better to have a bark than no bark, for sure. And that's why, I guess, why I appreciate it. And, like, you know. Yeah. I don't don't know. Like, the idea is that we're Americans and we don't use our bark. We just, like, (sighs) sit there not barking when we should, you know.
0: But I would say that, you know, having astute jokes like that in the form of a bark
1: totally absolutely it's a barb <laughs> it's a barb bark <laughs> it's a barb bark nice work <laughs> yeah um, yeah sublimation something- it's, it's a high level psychological defense it's the highest level you can get which me- which means you're very sophisticated and you're doing good yeah you're resisting whatever trouble is happening with humor that's a good thing there you go A question about work. Um, so now people are not retiring because they have to work. And our generation is going to be even more affected by the fact that the idea of what retirement is is, is going to change. Um, I don't know. That's interesting to me and scary. And, and also we're already working in a way culturally in our generation or the people that I know that... In a way that we don't really understand, not working anyway. So mm-hmm. the idea that we would just do this until we die isn't even uncomfortable to us. Um, yeah, and I think
0: it's for some people. It should be uncomfortable, but I, I, I mean, I, think it's, I find it uncomfortable. I look forward I to one of the remaining dinosaurs that truly enjoys
1: leisure. You are. I enjoy. Le- uh see, we were talking about this. Yes. Okay. Tell me about. Teach me about leisure. What is it? How do you do it?
0: Leisure mm. is is just relaxing, just strolling about or laying about and reading. Mm. Leisure is a lot about reading for me. I think and reading fiction.
1: Right.
0: Laying about and reading fiction. I find it really satisfying. And I really enjoy leisure that has no finite product at the mm. end of it, you know? Mm. So it's not. I think that if you're going on a walk and you're listening to you know a book on cleaning (laughs) I would argue that it's not leisure because you're preparing yourself for future work you know or you're you're trying to be useful with your time Mm. and yeah leisure should just be living for the sake of living really which is what I thought was going to happen once we have robots and Roombas and everything but yeah no one is seems to be sharing now people are just worried that the robots are going to take their jobs instead of you know delighting in the fact that robots are going to do all the work and we're just going to read and and paint and smell the flowers and yeah i
1: think i i think they they are taking they are taking the jobs though. well yes
0: but no one is leisuring everyone's worrying
1: i know but yeah well because they're losing their because they're used to vacuum you know
0: so uh, some and, of, and yeah they can't conceive, a lot of people can't as you said people can't conceive of themselves outside of um the work and vocation being right. made into this life meaning again right. i think because we're we're so disconnected from um, community or familial structure you know we seek community through work we right. seek connection through work
1: yeah, and yeah. they're not
0: part of associations or churches or you know right the strange productivity tribes or like running tribes or.
1: I think that's a great point that that work is less about money and production from a capitalist sense, like in a psychological way or like in a cultural way than it is about unity with others making something happen over time, you know, like a project, right? Because I mean, making theater shows, you know, making making shows was like some of the most And I still make shows, but it's like some of the most productive work that I do. And sometimes I get paid for it, but it's almost always the same exact process. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's totally what I define as work because we all come together. We work on something from the beginning stages. It gets hard and frustrating and we have to try new things or it gets really exciting and new. And then there's that moment when it gets tested in front of the audience and then it's over and it has to be cleaned up. And it's like that to me is what I think of as work and it has nothing to do with money um mm. but it's and it yeah. has every, and if i did that all by myself i don't think i would think of it as work i've done shows like more solitary yeah. and it's not as fun and i don't think of it as like productive in mm, the same yeah. way
0: it's the group of people coming together
1: i'm thinking also about it's my
0: and exchanging ideas and it's just that yeah. and i feel like that's when that's when i feel alive is when when that happened when that happens yeah <laughs> when we exchange ideas it's true though. I
1: mean it's I, I think it's true. Yeah. And I
0: think
1: that, that that's it's true, one of the it's really, it's true. Yeah. And I w I don't know it's, I don't know if that's community or work, but I definitely connect the two when I think of the most productive things I've ever done. Um they're never there well recently I've done more stuff alone, like writing papers and doing intellectual work, I suppose. And I do think of that as good mm-hmm. work. But um yeah, theater theater work has been the most productive, I guess for me. And, and I'm thinking about the older people at the center and just what happens to older people because that's kind of been my work Mm -hmm. recently. And they're so interested in communing together and not just hanging out, but, but doing something over time and seeing a beginning, middle and end to a process
0: and Mm -hmm. building some,
1: building something that makes actual change in the community. And they're really frustrated because they can't figure out how to get it to have legs and like, you know, make real changes in the center, or make real changes in the community. Mutual, of course, obviously. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm like, my work that I want to do with them uh, in the future is more finding ways to to help them make sure that you know that stuff turns whatever we're working on is actual work for them, and they feel like it's really making a difference and it's meaningful because it' a lot like with kids. There's this stuff where it's like pretend work or it's work for the sake of work. And humans mm-hmm. know when that's not happening, when it's not real. They don't like yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it does seem that there's a, there's a big issue. I, I feel like I, I scroll through various journalistic efforts to explain that. And, yeah, the bullshit work and
1: when yeah. people feel
0: that they just perform this meaningless kind of... But it's interesting because it overlaps with intellectual labor, you know, when people mm-hmm. creating something, but they don't feel... Like they derive meaning from it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what each person's idea is. And maybe that changes over time. Like at first, once you don't know about advertising or whatever it is, you you find it really good work and meaningful work. I can't believe that people work in this world. And I have to do work that makes them good in the world, I think, in some way. I just don't understand when people work only for you know, like a big corporation, their whole lives. And that's the whole, and I know that people do this and it's very meaningful to them and they love that. But it's Mm -hmm. when I talk to people, I've done acting projects before. And you know, some of the people who I was working with did that, that kind of work, they all work, Mm -hmm. not all of them, but from marketing firms. And I was always like, I I don't understand. I wanted them to sit me down and talk about the ethics. Not that they were bad people, or the work was there. They were doing as bad. I just wanted to understand why they loved it so much.
0: I think there's a way of thinking about that as um as education, and in mm-hmm. some cases, it does it, it rings true somewhat? But then it connects to this other uncomfortable idea of us expressing ourselves through consumption. You know, there's this kind of oh uh, yeah you are of what you consume so if you learn about this product that helps um you know guatemalan family make their end meet and you know you buy it and so you know so i think it connects to that kind of the the building of your identity through consuming something so you're you're a consumer and that's how you showcase your place Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. and and marketing helps you find out where you can but i guess i guess it's and i mean that that's kind of a benevolent example um what mm-hmm. a liberal person would i think I'm, I'm just imagining a liberal person that would connect to that mm-hmm. um but it just works in many different ways you know someone that loves you know a particular sort of gun or a particular sort of car you know they right. they learn about it through this education slash marketing so i think and that's also interesting how it overlaps because it's yeah it's a dissemination of information mm-hmm. so it's I mean,
1: in, in, in yeah, in those cases, it's so capitalistically minded that, I mean, the fact that money making is a part of that.
0: Yeah. Well, capitalism you know, is an ideology. I mean, it is beyond the economic system.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like, well, all of that is related to selling the thing, educating the person in order to sell the thing, right? So then it's like, the yeah, yeah. So that buying and selling so in a, in a way it's like that person is confidently saying i'm going to sell this thing to this other mm. person and that's the point yeah. right I guess, that's where i'm i'm different and i'm trying not to feel judgmental about that
0: <laughs> but i do yeah sorry
1: <laughs> i don't get it but i mean i you don't know that, although, that's what they make money you know they have their money yeah, yeah.
0: i think i'm reminded i went to a um... A conference a few years ago on uh, it eighteenth century literature. But there's um, an article. Oh, sorry, there was a presenter that was giving a talk about news, and it was in eighteenth century. There was in a newspaper. There was not a great deal of distinction between. Oh, actually, the distinction just simply wasn't made between a fictional story and mm-hmm. a real story. You know, so you know, someone would write a short story, and it would be published alongside mm-hmm. a story that is factual, <laughs> essentially factual, you know, reporting as we know it now. It's it's somehow I think that these ideas of you know marketing and what makes meaning I think it just connects to that. It just mm-hmm.
1: from a tragically fake news kind of perspective, I mean, right?
0: Yeah, well, who's yeah. to know?
1: Who's to know? I can't believe mm-hmm. I believe I feel this way uh, now. But who's to know that the news story isn't also fictitious in some way? I mean, in nineteenth-century journalism, of
0: yes, that's what I think that that's what was fascinating to hear about. It. I mean, and I think they were talking about it. You know, the, the presentation was timed with that with the emergence of the idea of fake news or or alternative facts. So it
1: mm-hmm. was
0: um, it was presented in that way. So, um, I
1: I would like to read some things about the transformation uh, of journalism then where they really did have a lot of trouble with like yellow journalism and, and journalism with, you know, sensationalistic aims, and then how journalism changed over the years or, you know, siphoned off into like the inquirer and the New York times and, Mm -hmm. you know, the guardian and the, you know, they each have different journalistic, you know, tones (laughs) and points Mm -hmm. and different audiences and things. Um, so I know that there has been a history of, you know, journalistic integrity developing over time. And, and, but Mm -hmm. there's always been this relationship between fact and story and marketing, marketing and truth. Um, right. Yeah. But for, you know, Trump to just flatten it all into like, it's like he's made sort of an interesting, made us all turn around and look at it, but in this really, you know, from his very stupid perspective. But nonetheless, I want to look back, you know, at the, early yellow journalism stuff and see a transformation over time i'm sure there's been plenty of books written about these and if anyone wants to suggest one to me i would love to know about it
0: They should yeah, yeah. but i think we see that we still we're very much steeped in it and i think actually i, I just in my mind, I i imagined a page of any online edition of any newspaper if you look there's usually you know there's this sort of boxes the Mm-hmm. You know, the the advertising boxes that peddle, you know, absurd or, mm-hmm. um, this clickbaiting news usually, or, you know, the shoes you looked at previously. I know, it's, it's gotten so much even more, even vic- though they arrived, like maybe, you know, the, these, these ethics have been codified, or, yeah, but, but we're still kind of surrounded by this. Um, We've
1: gone. I think the internet made us go back to Victorian newspapers. Like it, it really
0: has. Yes, yes. I, think I don't it really know had. why. And like what? And I think what it's happened? incredible. Just well, you just really kind of imagine like 20 years ago. You know, like imagine opening the don't know the New York Times, and you know you'll see you'll you know you'll see a story about an election, and then like right next to it, like you know, find out what the biggest nose you know in the world is, and <laughs> the news will shock you. <laughs> Her breasts <laughs> were exposed and you'll never know why
1: <laughs> wow yeah that no, would have everyone. been horrible everyone would have gotten very scared
0: yeah, and you can but also it would be so finite because now you can actually click and <laughs> click and find out within the paper form it would just be simply it would simply <laughs> yes. be there have an announcement that you will have to figure out on your own (laughs) they would
1: think that like one of their advertising guys got really strange and made a big mistake and you know needed to be let go because he was putting all these strange advertisements in there but no that's just the contemporary internet now um yeah i'm i don't like it i'm i like to think of myself as a very fancy person so when i'm sitting in my bed scrolling my phone
0: for four hours so i don't i feel like really oppressed by that it's <laughs> like your it's your duty <laughs> i am sitting in my room scrolling through I my am. phone <laughs> i am i would like to I'll think stare, of myself sounds like an elegant luciere I, I, I am sitting in my room i am, scrolling, i am sitting in my room scrolling i'm sitting in my room I am, I am sitting in my room i am sitting in my room
1: I need like a little chime to play. It is our work. It is our psychological. It is our life work to do to, to help ourselves to get to a place where we can find our own relationship to integrity and not uh, and not kind of mire ourselves in despair and disgust because life gets hard. Um, yeah. And lack of work. It certainly does. Yeah. So so that's our yeah. challenge. That's that. You know, I, that's that's the real work
0: it's true and shopping but, is not always going to help no no only brief <laughs> only briefly dude only brief bursts of shoe purchases how are how are
1: <laughs> your sh- I, how are we could cut this out but how, how are, are you sh- how are your shoe, shoe purchases
0: a little bit oh oh you You're know my... it's always on the leash they have they've you know they've um become perhaps less frequent but much more costly so it's <laughs>
1: it's complicated uh, i love this about you this is one of my things favorite mm-hmm. things about you yeah what why not an exciting shoe every six months
0: I, it gives a joy i do find that having an, a nice interlocutor between your body and the ground <laughs> somehow just it just you know just elevates your experience man i feel way. the same way i
1: feel the same way i've yeah. noticed that i have I cannot stop myself from purchasing uh, more and more mean shoes. The shoes that oh. I have, like, are starting to look more and more like um, monster trucks. And I like, oh.
0: you know, are they like the larger sneaker. Is it the, no, no, the that the more voluminous no, athletic that will, shoe? I, that will not I be I enjoy mean. those.
1: I know you oh,
0: can. Oh, sorry. I'm enjoying these.
1: This might be a nice LA New York dichotomy that we're we're having right now. Not you know, but like so. You have a poofy white.
0: It's more of an Eastern European thing. I feel like uh, it's it's a lot more popular. It it was just yeah, it was everywhere in Eastern Europe, and actually in England, I saw a lot more. Not here, not so much here in LA, especially not so much occasionally.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I wanna I wanna have a big mean tractor with like you know platforms and um treads.
0: At, but like it sounds like 90s, which, I, yeah, um, well, you I know, I, like, I, yeah, I I'm do. just
1: keep, yeah. I'm keeping going with that. I'm not, yeah, I didn't, I'm not like coming back to it. I've just continued non stop with the same exact style, and then style has kept up with me apparently, so that's cool. But they are mean, <laughs> <laughs> but they, are, but they are meaner. I mean, I don't know what's no, going on.
0: I, I think we need evidence. I've been something mean, mean shoes to the studio. <laughs>
1: yes, mean Stomp it. I don't have it. It's these are these are dreams. These are I have a couple. Oh, okay. I'm like debating. Day, but... Yeah, I'm debating. And something I'm just
0: to like, start.
1: I was looking at all of my possible shoes, and I was like, "Why do I want to be so mean to the ground all the time? Because it's New York, and it's hard to walk around. Yeah. So you want to, but like, I like that they're." Kind of
0: scary looking. I don't know what's going. The on The question is, what shoe will you wear on May Day parade? Oh, very good question. And
1: Where do I, they have a
0: parade here? They probably do. Maybe I think they will. There's usually some sort of parade or a semblance of parade. Is I might go out of my way and and find something. Yeah. This May first. I hope
1: it's at Brighton Beach because I really do like Brighton Beach.
0: I feel like you will not find, um, Soviet appreciation. Or maybe, maybe like in a, in a. Well, that's where all the Russians live. Nostalgic. It's true. But, you know, they moved away from Soviet Union to enjoy Uh, the fruits of capitalism. So I think even though they will have stores that will kind of have nostalgic items. Yes. You know, Soviet kind of post COVID packaging and such. Yeah. But I don't think they will join you in first right. first of May celebration. I think you're you're well yeah, Bernie Sanders crowd might be more of a Yeah, true that. That sounds um, good. A better choice. I'm excited about that idea. Oh, I was yeah, actually I think- maybe all the presidential candidates will get together and they'll have a parade. There's certainly enough of them to form a nice stampede.
1: That's <laughs> They are indeed stampeding across across the ele- electorate. I love
0: to see them all together walking around in a file under a flag.
1: Nice. I want to see them have a right, have a foot race.
0: Ooh! Yes, My indeed. greatest
1: dream is is to see Bernie Sanders riding around on Beto O'Rourke's shoulders inside. <gasps> inside the house or the senate <laughs> that
0: and, is a fine dream and
1: waving so happily and i don't know it's like maybe it's a vision of the future or maybe it's just a fantasy that i have but
0: well it yeah. seems like an athletic pyramid from 1930s oh that
1: would be beautiful who would you put at the top maybe the uh oh, the young gosh. guy well, but yeah. i put the young guy they do i do it by but it but it would know, be. I would- He'd
0: be cute all I the feel top. like I feel like Bernie would have to go on the top because he's the best at pontificating and kind of gesturing. Yeah. So I his hair his hair flails nicely and right. I think yeah. I think for that reason alone. Yeah,
1: Elizabeth Warren unfortunately would be a good like middle person.
0: Um, yeah. hmm
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All the all the the well, uh, the like rich the Starbucks guy, he's on the bottom. He can go down there in the bottom. Fuck that guy, he can be down there. Yeah, I don't have an opinion except except yeah, I mean, uh, Biden. You know he's so tough; he can get on the bottom. Whatever, Biden,
0: keep it together. Yeah. yeah. There's a good article from <laughs> 1930s <laughs> by um, Siegfried Prakauer on the mass ornament and was in the Weimar Republic because there was that there was a kind of trend to make formations and mm-hmm. especially in media in parades and media. Mm-hmm. And he wrote he wrote a piece on that. Cool. Um, it's really cool. Should I just read something random from it? Like You should. So random?
1: I have something okay. about pyramids.
0: I have a PDF. So let me scroll and scroll and scroll. This is the
1: show where um, we read random we sections PDF. off of PDF.
0: Okay. It is a quadrangle which has been stamped into the urban tangle with a giant template. Blocks of barracks fall into formation around it. The rear wall painted red. An apron shoots out from the wall, stops, breaks off. The horizontal lines are drawn with a ruler, dead straight. On the deserted square, something happens. The force of the but pushes the person who is trapped into the center. He's alone, and yet he isn't. Although no observers are visible, the rays of their gazes pierce through the shutters, through the walls bundles of them traverse the space intersecting at its midpoint. Fear is stark naked at their mercy.
1: I just imagined...
0: Kirkauer, everyone, the yeah. mass ornament.
1: That was nice. I imagine Bernie was in the triangle, though. It made me scared for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a little worrisome. It I was, I was good.
1: I, um, it's good. Kirkauer. Have you ever heard of uh, Noguchi's playgrounds? I learned of yes. them. I learned of them yesterday that he was trying to make this like big pyramid in New York City that they were going to take up an entire Mm -hmm. block of this huge, Mm -hmm. like two-story play pyramid that kids would just climb. And he didn't really know about play, but he was just like, it'll be great. We'll make a huge pyramid and children can crawl on it. And New York City was like, no, you won't. So he could never get funding for his cool... Uh, you know like triangles and different pyramids but they made it in Japan and I was looking at pictures of them and they look amazing oh. yeah I want to go to Japan and play on the yeah but there's like this wonderful slide there that's black and like an obelisk like a horrible obelisk and and yet like children slide around it and uh and mm. it's like this matte. Those horrible are, Those those
0: all seem like great activities to do when robots take all the jobs. Yeah, you're playing you're right. An playing and sliding I around. I know. I know. And obelisk.
1: very like psychedelic environments. I mean, wonderful and not you know, really scaled for children. I mean, it just looks like this wonderful Exactly.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: It I wanted to be like in a- it. Well, well, I have one thing I do want to, this has nothing to do with work, but it does a little bit. It's like living in this city because I'm a pedestrian, it's hard work because we work to control our brain space of the amount of human energy we take in. And, um, so being in crowds all the time is laborious and affects your well being, So we try to avoid situations. So I try to avoid situations that have a lot of crowds if I can't help it because of just the way my mm-hmm. brain and labor works. Um, particularly in the work that I do now, which like means I have to be very present all the time. So I can't go into mm-hmm. big crowds too often. Cause it like spends my, spends my uh, extrovert energy. It took me a million years to be able to develop this idea, you know, or develop a pathway of places to go that are that are psychologically, you know, financially cool and beautiful, and everyone I know that I think I like a lot usually has their own pathways that are really special. And yeah, and it was about that. It was like, oh, I'm working really hard right now just to live my life and be in the city, and I don't want to do this anymore. And you have to develop that over time, which I'm, I guess, is like similar to LA with your routes that you drive, you know, or mm. places you go. I'm sure there's a whole. Current, you know, LA thing having to do with those, but the masses of
0: human. I really get oppressed but very the opposite idea. I was, um, I went on a jog this morning and I was, it was just completely empty. You know, that I met like two people. You know, I was out Uh for half an hour running around the neighborhood and, and I found that really depressing. (laughs) So I would much rather have hordes of people that I. Rub oh. shoulders with. Yeah, we, we
1: can trade house. We can have a house trade for a while. We can definitely.
0: But allow- I, I mean, I,
1: I remember that from Houston. Like the how creepy it used to be to go downtown and nobody was there. It just
0: seems like everyone died. Yeah, Like think
1: it was the end of the world, and we're the ones left. That was bad. That was worse than crowds of people. I would say. Yeah, but
0: yeah. well, it's the end of the world, and maybe the end of the podcast as well. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah yes yeah well
1: very good we built pyramids and ikea furniture um represented the worker
0: Mm -hmm. feeling good indeed Mm -hmm. yeah and the future of labor remains undecided